Hey everyone, welcome to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent Young. I'm here with my good friend Alan Small. And and golly, Alan, we've been doing this for a while. We've been celebrating our we've done over 200 episodes now and and about four years of, of doing this podcast. And and so today, Alan, we're gonna talk some about what Dana and I, when we meet with couples, we talk about landmines, which are expectations. And everybody's got some expectations. And so today, I think it's important that we talk about do churches have expectations or should they have expectations? And so um, I think this is a, be a good topic today, Alan. Yeah, I think talking about expectations is really important. But I want to, to note that this is our t- official 201st episode. And that may be the first uh, recording of the word golly in our uh, in our podcast in those 201 <laughs> but uh it probably won't be the last but anyway um it, it'll come back around sometime but uh wasn't expecting expecting that so anyway but let's talk about expectations today Trent because you know I've been in churches you've been in churches where we have walked in and we've seen a lot of issues unfold where people had no expectations. They didn't know if a Sunday school teacher was going to show up, if the nursery workers were going to show up. They say, well, we don't have any guests. And then when a guest comes in, they they don't know what to do. And I call those no expectation churches. And I think that's a real problem. And what we're talking about, really, this affects uh, mostly churches, I think, are in a, a steady decline and in need of probably more help than what we're going to suggest today can do. But this is a great place to start. You can really stop kind of the bleeding. I guess maybe in a way this is like the tourniquet for everything is to build a sense of expectations in your church. Yeah. And so maybe, and we're going to use the word expectation a lot today. And I I thought of a phrase that I've heard a long time ago that if you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I think that's what a lot of this expectation is, is that you're not planning for things to happen, not expecting a guest to come in, or we're going to talk about several areas, but, but, you know, are you doing things and planning for things to happen if someone does come to visit your church? Yeah. So you, you kind of picked on the easy one, I think right there is uh, the planning for guests. So let's, let's talk about that because we have both been in churches where the people were like, well, no one ever comes and visits our church. And there's a reason. Well, we need to plan for guests. We need to expect that guests are going to show up to our to our church. And if we're not mm-hmm. expect, we're not going to know what to do um, when they come in. So what are some of the things that we need to think about when guests, when guests do show up? You know, Alan, as we as we start off thinking about a guest and you got to start off thinking about your front door. Um, you know, when someone comes to your church, hopefully you, you've been actively inviting people that maybe that's the first part of planning to get and inviting someone to come. Right. But, you know, as you walk in your front door, we get so used to the way things look, smell, sound, um, but are they off-putting to uh, a potential guest? Um, do we make them feel welcome? Or is there just a door that they don't know what's on the other side? Or is there crap piled up in, in your foyer, you know, old 
material and stuff? Is it trashy? So there's lots of things like that that we can help people feel welcome. Exactly. So, you know, how are you going to plan to make them feel welcome? I and mean, what is your, what is your plan? You know, the other side is, is that you, sometimes a guest will come into a church that doesn't have those expectations and they're either, it's like they get a big target on their back all of a sudden. And the whole church is like, like, like sharks in the water and they smell fresh blood and, and they devour the person or they're so surprised that they don't know what to do. So they completely ignore the person. So, you know, how are you going to train your, have you ever had a conversation with you people? This is how we act when a guest comes into our church. I, I think that's really important. Yeah. We'll talk about a great sermon topic. That would be a great, you know, take it, take a couple of weeks off of your study in revelations or whatever, and, and talk with your people about, okay, first of all, we should all be inviting people. And if they happen to show up, how are they going to be treated? Are we going to make them stand up and say, Hey, tell us your name. It's like, don't do that. By the way, <laughs> that's not a good way to keep guests. Um, uh, what do you and that, used to <laughs> that used to happen a lot. Um, but yeah, I think training, we do, do, we've got to train our people on what to do. Yeah, I would encourage you too, that to have a conversation with your membership, even about leaving the back few rows free for guests and try to not use seats so that guests can have those seats. We're finding more and more that when guests come in, very rarely do they want to engage near the front. Oftentimes um, they want to uh, come in and kind of observe. And if they've got the back, back few rows that's the place they want to observe from mm -hmm. well and the same thing is true of parking spots alan um i know our church in oklahoma we we did this whole effort and we talked about hey let's leave the prime parking spots close to the door available and let's not park there as members but let's park further away and leave those spots open for guests yeah, that's a great way to plan. We had our guest parking uh, signs too. And some weeks those guest signs had no one parking there because a lot of times our guests didn't want to take those. They wanted to save them for another guest. Um, right. But it's great. The, what it also, but what it said to a guest was, we have planned on you. We, we know we expect to have guests. And so the first thing a guest would come when they would come into our parking lot, they say, oh, this is a church that expects to have because they have made plans for them to be here. And so they knew when they came, weren't going to be the first guests that our church has seen in a long time. Little things like that are big things in the grand scheme of things. I was just thinking too, Alan, that, you know, a little thing like a welcome mat that says welcome, you know, or a, wel a sign on the door that says you're welcome here. Um, you know, those things, it's like, oh, okay, it's going to be okay for me to go in this door. You know, but especially I, I've seen this happen to a lot of little churches. They don't have any greeters. They don't have anybody at the door or, that opens the door for people, welcomes them in, answers, hey, where do I, where's the bathroom? First of all, um, where do I take my kids? Uh, stuff like that. You know, you, greeters are really important on Sunday mornings. Yes, that's a great addition to this uh, conversation because you're right. And so many of our churches, too, and I get some of our small churches, they're really old buildings. 
Um, but if you open your church doors and you're immediately in the auditorium, you really need to think about how you're going to greet your guest. I think you have an additional challenge and it's not that you can't do it, but you're going to have to take, you're going to have to be very quick to recognize how it is you're going to see guests and how you're going to find guests so you can help them get to the right place. I think it's really awkward opening the doors and finding myself in the church auditorium. Um, but you, you've got to know how you're going to handle that. So to put someone at ease when that takes place. Well, and one thing that I've experienced, Alan, that goes with that, not only do you walk into the, to the sanctuary, the auditorium, but then you walk in and there's a Sunday school class meeting in that, in that area. And so you, I mean, first of all, if there's no windows in that door and you don't know that you're walking into that and that's really off-putting, but then, so you really need somebody, a greeter there at the door so that will help you say, hey, just hang on just a second. Um, we've got a class going on, um, but we want you to come in and feel welcome if you'll give us just a moment. And that would do away with all the tenseness of that. And, and like Trent said, please, please, please do not ask them to stand up and introduce themselves. Please <laughs> no, do not no. do this. Uh, don't put a target on their back. They're really most all the time trying to play it low key to see if you're a place that they can connect. So plan for guests. But Trent, we also need to plan in other areas. You know, you and I were talking about an area we don't see sometimes enough planning go into, and that's the decision time. You know, mm -hmm. for expect someone to walk an aisle in your church you may have an invitation a response time but don't look surprised when someone comes forward you should have planned on that yeah you know and so i was talking to a, a gentleman the other day who's really feeling called to to preach and and so we we're working through you know, how to do a sermon and one of the big things you need to do is plan out what is the end of my sermon looking like What's the call to action? What do I want somebody who's listening to this sermon to do? And so that leads into your response time. And, and you've got to have good communication with whoever's leading a hymn of invitation. Um, and, and maybe having some other people available to be able to help you, you know, if somebody does come forward. You know, it's once one of the worst things, Alan, is if somebody comes forward to make a decision, but your church has those little cards that a lot of churches do, and you want people to fill them out, but you can't find them. I mean, like the person has come down and they're talking and you're like, okay, I need, I can't find these stupid little cards, but, and <laughs> people are scrambling. It's like, okay, you can tell nobody's coming in a while and you're not planning for anyone to come. That's so true. I, I've seen those and I can picture it in my head right now, those times that I've seen that. So so part of that, too, is planning. How are you going to handle someone if they're coming down to make a decision that they can't make on the spot, too? So what if, what are you going to say to someone? Well, we want to join the church, but you require a membership class. Do you know mm -hmm. what you're going to say um, in that moment? Um those things are important. And you, so you need to think through those things and be ready for those things. So you expect people to make a decision. You know how you're going to handle the different types of decisions that you have. Some people are going to feel a call to ministry. How are you going to handle that? Someone feels mm -hmm. called to the mission. You're going to handle that. 
someone comes forward and confesses a, a serious sin to you, how are you going to deal with that? All those kinds of things right. are important, really have gone through in your head and know how you're going to handle. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I was visiting with a pastor recently that um, he had a, a family that came and they were wanting to join the church, but there were some issues that needed to be talked through beforehand. And so um, the pastor needed to think through, just as you said, Alan, what to say, because the church is expecting you to say something, and the people that are coming forward are expecting you to to say something, have a plan. And so in that case, he needed to be able to say, I'm so glad that you guys have come forward this morning. This is wonderful. And we want to talk through some issues so that you're better prepared for this. And so we're going to take a little bit of time. We're going to tell the church that you're um, making a decision. We're going to work through this, you know, and so just kind of thinking through how to not make the people ill at ease and then also, you know, just let the church say, hey, we're going to take a little time. Yeah. The last thing we want to do is force someone into a bad spot during a response time, whether that's mm-hmm. the past church, whether that's the person we we don't want people to be in a bad in a, in a bad place with those things. So make sure that you plan for decisions. Now, Trent, you mentioned a, a minute ago, too, we've talked a little bit in this situation. Sometimes people come forward and want to join a church. And I don't know about you, but when I grew up, someone wanted to join the church. They walked the aisle, filled out a card, all this kind of stuff. And we accepted them or didn't accept them. We baptized them or we did something. Uh, mm-hmm. But you and both say that's probably not our best way. We prefer that a church consider to have a new members class and that you mm-hmm. take time to, but whatever it is you're doing, you need to plan for new members. If you don't plan for new members, your membership's going to get old and you're going to run out of members. So you need to plan for new members. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the new, new members class is a great opportunity um, to explain better to people what membership means and what your expectations are. We're going to talk about that a little bit in just a second, but but the church should have some expectations of a person who is joining the church, and you need to be able to communicate those with those folks. You also need to be able to answer questions that people have because they have expectations too. You know, the people that are coming and visiting your church and and potentially going to join your church, if you have membership in your church, they they have expectations about what the church is going to do for them. And so that new members class is a great opportunity to work through all that stuff, to give a great overview of what your church does, your vision and mission of your church. So I think it's a great opportunity. And what we're talking about is we've been talking about church as grow expectations. A new members class is actually saying we do have expectations and we want you to know what they are up front. And what you're doing is you're changing the DNA of a bad situation into a positive situation. And so you're moving from zero expectations to having expectations to having people come in with expectations And that's going to breed a whole new culture inside the church. So I think this is a huge deal. This is your opportunity to have someone who's new to really begin to build the kind of culture and the kind of DNA in the church body 
that you've been longing to have. And so if you don't do this, if you don't, if you don't build this sense of expectation, there's going to be a lot of trouble that goes along with that. I think you can also invite people who haven't come forward or haven't made it public that they wanted to join the church, but maybe they're thinking about it. Maybe they're wondering, maybe they have questions. And so you can invite them to a new members class and say, hey, if, if you're just considering being a part of our church, maybe you've been coming for a while and you have questions, that's a, a great opportunity to come and learn. And then you can make a decision whether you want to join or not. That's exactly what we're talking about, right? That whole idea of expectations. But you said, Trent, expectations er early on, expectations are landmines. And you said earlier that you and Dana like to say in marriage counseling, you can lose a limb uh, if you don't know what they are. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. 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 So that's true in expectations of we're getting married, planning to live our life with someone else. Um, how is that true here with, with members? I mean, what happens if someone comes into a church and we haven't laid out expectations and learn what their expectations are, what's likely to be the outcome? Well, they really are landmines both ways, right? Because the church has expectations always of people that come and join, and they're expecting that these people will get involved. But if nobody tells them how to be involved, um, what they ought to be, you know, how to be a part of the family, which is described in scripture, part of that body of Christ, if they don't have anybody explaining that to them, then they're going to, there's going to be frustration on the part of the church family with this new person. The same is true the other way too, that that new person is going to have some kind of expectation of, hey, this is what church is like. Maybe they've never even grown up in church, and so they have no clue what is what they're supposed to be doing, but they think this is what church is like. And so they have an expectation that the church doesn't fulfill. It's a landmine. They get frustrated and there's anger. It can be both ways. And that can cause a blow up and, and cause you to miss somebody that, that God is working on their hearts because you, you got to pretty much expect that if somebody wants to join your church, there's a movement of God happening. And, and if you don't work through those and explain those landmines and, uh, show where they're at, then you're going to cause, uh, you know, you're going to miss because you're going to run them off. Yeah. So here we have, you know, you're going from zero expectations and you're building a series of expectations inside your church. You're going to plan for gifts. You're going to plan that, that people are going to make decisions inside your church. You're going to plan that you're going to have some new members at some point in time. And so you're now you're changing that culture of the church but you've also got to make it, make it conducive so all these things can happen. And that really begins with having some expectations with outreach and with missions. I think, Alan, that's a, you know, we're just talking about a new members class and explaining what it means to be a part of the, of the body of Christ. You know, of course, that's, that's a teaching opportunity for a pastor to be preaching about this. Hey, what does it mean to be a member of this church? Hey, you should be an active member. There's no such thing as a, a dead member or somebody who's sitting in the pews and is not involved. And that part of that is our mission and vision. You know, how are we doing outreach? Are we doing missions? 
if your church is, well, first of all, I, I shared a deal on Facebook the other day that I, I stole from someone else. I don't remember who, but it may have been you, Alan, but it said if, if a church doesn't evangelize, they'll fossilize. And I, I think that's so true. We've got to be doing missions and evangelism and outreach all the time or your church will continually decline. Yeah, the idea of expectations is so important. I, I forget what episode it was. We were talking about missions and we're talking about the Great Commission and we all need to have local engagement. That should be an expectation of a church that we are involved in our local community. But to be healthy, to be at a place of health, you need to be in at least two of the four quadrants mentioned in the Great Commission. And I really think ideally we would be in all four, but I get that some churches just physically aren't big enough to do that. But we should strive to be as much involved in all four quadrants of the Great Commission as we can. And that should be an expectation, not just not just a hope, but it should be something that's the very core of who we are. We we are by nature evangelical. By by nature, we believe that the good news should go out from the church and not remain in the church. So if we don't do that, we we are certainly planning to fail. And by the way, a church that doesn't do that, why would anyone want to be a part of it? There's, there's, right. there's if there's if there's nothing worth sharing, if there's nothing worth transformative going on, you know why why should anyone want to be a part of that? Well, and there's the other side of that too, Alan. I agree totally with you. And coming, looking at it from God's point of view, um, we're first of all we're commanded to do that and to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And if we're not doing missions, doing outreach, we are not right with God. Your church is not right with God. And if you do not do those things, God will bless your church. And so you you you're causing your own demise. So I really think this is an important deal, and you should have expectation that your church is going to do it. I have to share with you, Alan, the church that we we joined, they do a good job of this. They they divide it up into, they have local outreach and missions, and so they have a committee, a group that is constantly working on ideas and opportunities for that, and then they have a, a group that does uh, missions and outreach that is beyond their local town, their local community. And so they're always working on ideas and outreach opportunities. So it takes it takes some work. Those things don't just happen. You've got to have some people working and putting opportunities together. Yeah, and I love that because that's who we are. I, I, this is the part that should kind of ignite something in all of us. And maybe it should have been the first one that we talked about. I don't know. But, <laughs> but you need for outreach and missions. It's just, like you said, it's the DNA that drives everything else. Um, there's one more I think we should talk about because I think we need to have some um, ex expectations of people who are in leadership. So we should expect leaders to lead. The staff should lead. Volunteers should lead. What are we talking about when we're talking about expectations for them? Well, for sure, if you have a paid staff, Alan, I know that you had um, paid staff in your churches that you led. And, and so... I'm sure you probably had a job description of some sort for those people that were on your staff. You had expectations that they would do certain things, right? And so I, I think that's a, a big part of, of 
the expectations. It's just laying it out. Yeah, and I know we we constantly kind of refined and changed, and sometimes there's the unwritten job description too, right? Mm-hmm. Because yes. the job description has that thing and other duties as assigned, or but but I think the scary ones are those unwritten ones. But if you've not written them down, you really can't hold people accountable to them. And I think that's what we're talking about. Is there, is there accountability? So the idea of job descriptions is so you can actually hold someone accountable. Are you doing what is expected of you? And that's an important conversation that we need to be able to have is, you know, are you doing your job? So think of it as a volunteer. You go, you go into a church and Trent, you and I have been into this church. You go in and you've got a five-year-old kid with you. Oh, the the five-year-old teacher's not here. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, sometimes they're 20 minutes late or sometimes they don't show up, but mm. they can go to high school because their teacher's here, you know, and it's, it's, it sometimes just becomes a big joke that, mm-hmm. that everyone's off doing their own thing because there's no sense of expectation. You know, do you expect your teachers to be there on time? Do you expect their classes to start on time? Do you expect your worship service to start on time? You know, what are what are the expectations of, of the role of pastor? Do you want them in the office 40 hours a week? Do you want to hold, hold that over their head? Or do you expect them to be out in the community, meeting people, getting to know people? Um, do you expect them to spend five days a week doing hospital visits? Or do you expect them to share the workload? What What are the expectations? And so... You need to put that series of expectations around them. Yeah, I think, you know, for volunteers, having a job description that's written out is is really very important. Some people think, well, you know, for volunteers, we can't expect a whole lot. It's like, why not? You know, and, and I think it goes back to the terrible way that most of the time we fill positions in churches. And that is, well... You know, you you got the committee on committees, right? That um, fills positions, um, the committee from hell, as we like to call it. Um, and so, and the way that they typically put people in the positions is, well, so and so has been kind of kind of visiting for a while. Maybe we could put them on here, and they'll get more involved. Wrong. Um, or, well, you know, we we just need somebody. We'll, we'll ask so and so. They'll say yes. It's terrible. And, and so we have no expectations. And we and here's we also say to those people that we invite to teach a Sunday school class or be on a committee, we'll say to them, well, you know, it's it won't take a lot of time. You don't have to do a lot. And it just needs somebody to fill this position. And talk about the worst possible things to say to somebody. I expect that this is a hugely important, you know, my nursery worker. Gosh, that is a very, very important position. And yes, you're going to have to work hard because this is an important position. So it, it all comes in the way that we ask people to get started and what we expect of them. Right. And uh, volunteers need expectations too. And I would venture if you compare it a church that has high expectations of their volunteers and a church that has low expectations of their volunteers, that you're going to find volunteers are ha- happier in the high expectations situation than they are in the low expectation situation. It goes counter to maybe what you think in your head, but people want to know what the job is. People want to do the job. You know, I've got a, I've got two daughters and both of my daughters, you know, if you give them a series of directions, 
they will follow them to the letter because they know that's what's expected of them. And I'm grateful for that. And that most people are that way. They're going to do what is expected. And so if we don't have expectations, we're not going to do it. I think that high functioning people, they like to know what's expected and they're going to do a great job when you lay that all out. I think that's really, really key. And so today we've been talking about expectations and, you know, all the possible expectations that we should have as a church. You know, we talked about the the expectations of guests and, and planning for them to come. I'm expecting that we're going to have some visitors because we've been out inviting people and this is what we want them to experience. And then, you know, eventually we want to plan that somebody's going to make a decision for Jesus and that they're going to make that public. How are they going to do that? Have we explained that well enough so somebody knows that, hey, during this invitation, this response time, you can make that decision public. Um, new members, we talked a little bit about the expectations of new members and what new members should have of a church, and as well as outreach and missions and our staff and volunteers. And so there's a lot of expectations, and a lot of those need to be written down and discussed. So if you feel like your church is kind of at that dead-end place and you don't know what to do, start here. I think this is a really simple place to start. Just start building in a culture of expectations. But if you feel like your church is really in a state of decline, that will help stop the bleeding, but it won't do all that you need to do to, to become healthy once again. So this is a great place to start, but, but start here, don't end here. And I think you'll find uh, on your way to being an enduring church. We want to thank you for joining us today as we talked about building a set of expectations in your church. And uh, we hope this has been a blessing to you. Please share it with someone else and be sure you join us next week when we continue to help you and your church endure. Thanks. Thanks.